Support for the Bronx Bomber Babble podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Gentlemen, shaving your downstairs area can be difficult, but those troubles are a thing of the past with Manscaped's Lawnmower 3.0. Featuring skin-safe technology, it glides nice and smooth, so you're not in any danger of nicks and cuts to your delicate downstairs area. It also has a convenient LED light, so you can see where you're trimming, plus it's waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. I've been using mine for a few weeks now, and it's awesome. It works great, and it will totally change your grooming game. The Lawnmower 3.0 comes included in the Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Crop Reviver and Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant and Moisturizer. Get all these great products, as well as a super comfortable anti-chafing boxers, plus a great travel bag to carry it all in. The perfect package is valued at over $150, but right now you can get it all for just $89.99. Manscaped features some of the perfect gifts to give to the men in your life. Gift your friends, your family, and yourself the gift of Manscaped. Right now, when you go to manscaped.com, you can use the code BABBLE and get 20% off plus free shipping. That's BABBLE, B-A-B-B-L-E, for 20% off your order and free shipping. Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. And we are live for the 96th episode of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Loves Luigi, and tonight... It's just Andrew and I. Andrew, how you doing, man? Somehow I'm alive, man. The Yankees are doing their best wow. to, to put us in the grave, but we're here. Wow. So, yeah, Andrew getting through with his old age. Uh, Yankees definitely not helping. Uh, look, since the last time, you know, me and Alex potted after the Field of Dreams game, after that uh, devastating finish. But since then, the Yanks have won all three games, right? And all three games, Andrew just said this before we started recording, but all three games kind of felt almost exactly the same in a way, right? Tonight's game against the Angels, there wasn't any really bullpen shenanigans. The bullpen actually locked it down. But those two those two wins against the White Sox in Chicago over the weekend were pretty damn stressful. You know, a win's a win, and especially when you beat a great team like the White Sox, you, you'll always take it. But those wins were not easy. Uh, we're going to go through all of them. We'll go through the game tonight. It was good to have our... Our ace, Garrett Colback, he looked great, even though he wasn't fully extended, right? Only went five and two-thirds. But, yeah, a lot of lot to talk about, a lot to get to. But, yeah, Andrea, like you said, surprise you're still alive, man, because these games have been stressful. And, uh, Dude, it's I, every I, single night. That's the thing. If, if you had one of these games a week, you'd deal with it. But literally the last five games, four games, whatever yeah. it's been, have been – coming down to the last at bat or, or going extras, then it's the, the opponent's second or third last chance at their last at bat. It's, you know, you know, there's an old adage, right? That you don't really need to watch football games, the NFL games, I should say, until the fourth quarter, because that's when all the action happens. You could legitimately just tune in for the ninth inning of Yankees games all season and know exactly what happened mm-hmm. in every single one of their games. And, you know, my favorite part of Yankee games the past week or so, it feels like, has been... You know, just when the starter gets around 80 pitchers or starts getting hit around, you say, all right, who, well, it's it's bullpen time. Like, who are we going to? And, 
you know, people love to give. Like, let's just, I'm just going to say this before we even get into the games. You know, people love giving Boone shit. And, you know, I've, I've been very critical of Boone, as we all have on this pod. But, I mean, this past week or so, I, it's tough for me to be too critical on him, uh, on him about most of this stuff because I'm like, shit, man, who, who's out there? It's like, yeah, okay, don't use this guy in this spot. Use your best reliever in the ninth. Like, I get complaints like that, you know, putting Britain out there. Uh, the day or the game after he blew it against the uh, the White Sox in the Field of Dreams game. Like, it, yes, he's make he's made some questionable moves these past few games. But, man, at the same time, like, you got to put someone out there. Yeah, at a certain right? point, like, if you can't <laughs> it's like, oh, anyone. Like, I saw someone on Twitter be like, oh, why is he putting Wandy? And I'm like, bro, who, we have like th- three live arms in our bullpen right now. <laughs> like, you have to put like we've we, got to go to a warm we, body. We've played like 22 games in 23 days, and like Chapman's out. And like, someone's got to go out there, man. Like, it's not Boone's fault that these are the guys out there right now. But and even tonight, he had to protect a certain number of arms. I think Britain got what the one out, right? And then he didn't yeah. use Lawrence well, because okay. they have a doubleheader tomorrow, and they need them then. Yeah, yeah. And he's already pitched. They said it would have been his third game in a row, and you know the Yankees hate doing that. Even who is the pitcher? I think they did it once this year. Was it Wandy? Or no, it was a. Uh, it was Rodriguez who pitched three days in a row, and it was the first time this year a Yankees pitcher pitched three days in a row. Now, take uh, he only threw like nine pitches in two of those three uh, appearances. But, yeah, they said it was the first time all year a Yankees pitcher had appeared in three games in a row. So, hey, Which I, is just like infuriating because we're at the yeah, point in the year where they're scrapping and clawing to get into the playoffs. And I get you want to protect your arms. I get that they're less effective after X number of appearances in a row. But – we saw a couple weeks ago, the last time the Yankees went up to Fenway, when they lost three out of those four games, mm-hmm. and Boone played the same thing. He didn't want to use guys second or third night in a row, and they gave away three of those four games that at least two of the three losses were winnable games. And it's at a point where you have to play to win the games. You're yeah. you're going to miss the playoffs. You're going to be home the first day of the offseason. And like it's, what, it's what's okay. going to be tossed? You guys are healthy? Great. It's okay to have that rule if you're like six games up in the division. You know, if you're like comfortable, like the last few years, the Yankees at this point in the season, for the most part, have, or at least full seasons, have been comfortably in a playoff spot, right? And it's okay if you want to have that rule, like, all right, no guy pitches three days in a row because you're kind of preparing because you know you're going to be in October. Okay, fine. But yeah, here's the big, a few the games back. Gripe was 2018 because we, we thought we had a chance to catch Boston. Mm. which I think we ended up losing that division by what, like eight games when all said and done. But there was a spot early in in July and August when, again, that was Boone's rookie year as, as a manager, but he pulled the same shit. And you're thinking like, bro, why are we letting the division slip away? But at least we still have a playoff spot in here. Right now, we, we don't even have that luxury. Well, no, we don't. Um, let's go over each of the games. Let's start Saturday. Yanks, White Sox, uh, Jameson Tyone, who, <laughs> crazy as this sounds, especially after his first month of the season, was our temporary ace while Cole was on the the uh, COVID IL, right? I mean, he was the pitcher of the month in July. He's He hasn't looked as good in August, but, you know, Saturday, that was a gritty, gritty performance by Tyone. Definitely didn't have his best stuff, let up a couple more runs early, but, hey, still gave us five innings, three runs. You'll take that any time against a team like the White Sox. Um Aaron Judge, another homer Saturday. He's he's getting hot, you know. I mean, we've seen Judge get hot in the summer before, and it's happening again. And you know who else got hot Saturday, Andrew? Newly Don't acquired Yankee, Don't Joey Gallo. 
he I think he's remembered that he could hit dingers again. Um, you know, the first and, one, thank God, man. Yeah, the first one was a wall scraper, but that point. second one, like I think Paulie said, it, it almost hit that Walgreens sign out in, in right field. Like that second one was an absolute tank. Um, yeah. And obviously, you know, tonight we're recording this Monday night after the Angels game. He was the offense Monday night. So Joey Gallo had himself definitely getting hot. I mean, games. we need that. But it, it's crazy. You, you mentioned Aaron Judge, too. I do want to just give him the, the credit he's due. He had the two home run game in the Field of Dreams game, but I would argue that Saturday was his best game of the season. I believe all four of his hits, um, or at least all four of his RBIs, because the first one was it was a sack fly, either right. um, tied the game or gave the Yankees the lead. In fact, the sack I think fly, they, they all gave double, them the Yankees lead, a, right? He had a sack fly, then he had the RBI double, then he had the go-ahead homer in the eighth. Then he, then he had the uh, RBI single on the top of the 10th. Yeah, so all of his Gallo RBIs gave the Yankees the lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he he had a really big game. Set. And I think I think they said, what, he had like eight or nine RBIs in the first two games of this series against the White Sox. So, yeah, yeah uh, you know, that's, that's what we needed. We were saying before the show, Judge has been really the only guy who's been consistently good this year, right, between injuries, between – Guys just having cold years, right? And it's kind of quiet. Maybe it's just because we're focusing so much of our attention on the offensive ineptitude, right? The fact that they just don't score. They continue to fail with runners in scoring position. But you look at Judge's stat line, and he's having like a very, very good season. And it just doesn't seem like it as if three or four guys are all hitting and he's coming up with the biggest hits, right? He's putting up the biggest numbers. Like he has a very, very strong season going right now. And I had to double, double take the stat line to be like, oh shit, his numbers are that good. And like, he hasn't had like he hasn't had that super hot stretch where he has you know that twelve home run month right where he just goes crazy. Who knows? We could be in the midst of one right. He had a great two games against the White Sox, like we said. But yeah, I mean, Judge in a weekend like that against the White Sox, obviously the White Sox are comfortably in a playoff spot. But like at this point. It doesn't matter. Like, obviously, games against the Red Sox, against the Rays, against the A's are going to be circled, right? Because those are the teams that we're competing with against to get a playoff spot. But, man, at this point, no matter who we play, every game's important, right? Like, we need to win every game possible, right? Because, look, the A's and Red Sox, they're good teams, right? <laughs> they're more than likely, like, even though the Red Sox have kind of regressed to the mean and the A's are always due to get cold. Those teams are more than likely going to win more games than they're going to lose right down the stretch. And we just have to do our part and just have to win every game possible. And Judge really, I mean, shit, man, he, we thought, we thought he helped us win the game Thursday night. But yeah, man, he really helped us win this series, man. He was huge. And so is Gallo, man. Uh, as cold as Gallo was, which, look, <laughs> like Gallo being this cold, like Gallo coming to the Yankees and being in the midst of a two for like 26 stretch. I mean, th- it's the most Joey Gallo thing ever. Joey Gallo probably has five, two for 20 stretches like a year, right? Like that's just the type of hitter he is, but yeah, but it's that, he, it's that there was no production mixed in, right? Like I'm oh, not no, going to look sure. at a guy who has six hits in 30 at bats. It's a 200 batting average. That's not great. But four of those six hits are home runs. Then at least you're getting something yeah. with limited and, production. Right? He wasn't doing even, anything. And even but th- and that's the thing though. Like he wasn't doing anything. I think he was just pressing. A bit, but to his credit, he was drawing walks. But that was it. Here's that's I was just about to say. The thing with Gallo is he looks at pitches, he draws walks, and he's a great defender. Like most sluggers, most power hitters are just shit defenders, right? Like that's just like they just get in the field and they're either DHs or they're just statues out in the field. 
But Gallo, I mean, Gallo is a cannon in the outfield. He's pretty agile, right? And look, you know what I love about Gallo? He's already dropped down two bunt base hits on his, with his, as, as a Yankee, which I love because I always see guys being shifted and there's no one on the left side of the field. And you say, you're getting a free base hit, man. Just drop a bunt down. It's a free base hit. And obviously, I think tonight you saw guys kind of. Yeah, I mean, well, look, it's, hey, man, in the, in the box score, it's a base hit, right? Right, but and if you're not getting hits any other way, take it. That's the moment you got to take advantage. If you're swinging a hot bat and you're giving up a chance to hit a go-ahead two-run double in the gap for a bunt, maybe it's questionable, especially if it doesn't work out. But he needed base hits. He needed some confidence, right? And getting those down, like you said, it looks like a single. It looks like a rip single in the box score. Exactly. But yeah, so Gallo and Judge both huge weekends. Um, but let's talk about uh, <laughs> let's talk about the end of the game on Saturday. Uh. Obviously, you know, the Licky they used, they used Lewise again, that big spot in the sixth, and that bases loaded jam where it looked like he gave up a, ga- a bases clearing gapper, but Gardy makes a nice catch. I mean, side note, Gardy's been awesome in August. He's hitting over 300. He's been playing a great center field. I mean, it, is this guy ever going to die? Like, if, if, there's a, if there's a zombie apocalypse and there's just nothing left of the Yankees, I still think Brett Gardner would just show up to Yankee Stadium every day because he's just not going anywhere, man. Like, he's been, he's been great. Like, he's been great in the month of August. Like, there's really not much else you could say about him, man. Which is so funny because you asked us about Brett Gardner literally any other weekend of Like, the literally year. three weeks ago, if you asked, two weeks ago, if you asked us about Say, Brett this guy's Gardner, the worst player I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> But yeah, man, he's he's been so great in August. But anyways, let, let's talk about the bullpen fiasco that was Saturday. Um, so yeah, they go to Licky. They go, to, <laughs> ju- yeah, well, just Saturday for now. But we'll talk about the other ones too. Um, yeah, so they go to Licky. They go to Luizaga, right? Peralta throws a nice inning. Then Chad Green is sprung into the closer role, right? I mean, like I've said, like all the guy they already used Luizaga. Like at this point, really have no one else to go to but Chad Green and. Of course, Chad Green, who's I've defended in the past, but has been so awful this year, throws just the meatball, the biggest meatball of all time to Jose Abreu, who and clearly just hits it out. And my big thing with him is that he's thrown his off-speed pitch, a curveball that's gotten eaten alive in the last two to three weeks, in the biggest spots. Like If you can't locate, I get you need to throw off-speed to complement a fastball, but if it's not working... You're just giving them these hangers. Yep. Oh, he he sure is, Andrew. He sure is, because that one Saturday was just like the moment he threw, the moment it made contact. Abreu knew it. Green, it was just. You knew it before he even swung. You saw (laughs) how it was just dangling there, begging to be hit to Mars. The way Kay said it's like, yeah, tie game. Like, no shit. Like, who could have seen that coming? But anyways, like I said before. Top of the we get go to extras. Judge gets the RBI single. Gallo hits one a thousand feet, and everything's looking good, right? <laughs> but two days, not even forty eight hours after Zach Britton to- tells Aaron Boone that hey, he doesn't deserve to be in the closer role, right? Like I- I'm, I just don't have it right now, and I just don't deserve to be in this role. Now, in defense of Boone, right, he had already used four pitchers. Right. So I get that. He, I get that it made Boone look bad that right after Britain says, hey, don't man, use me, don't use me. He's like, well, hey, the fire again. look, it was and I know there's already runner on second because of extra innings, but it was a three run lead. 
So it's if he was putting him in like a one run game with a runner on second or even a two run game with a tying run already at the plate, I'd have a bit more of a problem. But it was a three run lead for the Yankees. But anyways, he puts Britain in and he doesn't have it. <laughs> He's walking guys, gives up a hit and. It's just, I mean, you talk about just shattering a guy's confidence even more than it already was. He's just like, he just doesn't have it. And he just keeps, I said it on the the last pod, Britain just keeps getting put in these high leverage situations. And it just usually doesn't go well now. Then again, tonight against the Angels, he got put in another one. But, you know, it was a lefty-lefty matchup and it was two outs. Now, the batter at the plate was was the the go-ahead run. Yeah, it's a sixth inning, but the batter at the plate was the go-ahead run. But like I said, you got to go to some guys. You you have to put guys out there. Like, look, the Yankees most games through six innings don't have like five, six runs, right? They'll usually have five, six hits, but they'll not get any of those guys in, and it'll be like a one nothing or two one game, right? So, like, the Yankees play the most two run or less games in the MLB. Like, there's not a lot of times where you're just going to get to throw a guy out there in a five run game and have no stress, right? Like, that's just what it is. It sucks for Britain, but like I said, it's just what so it is. Awful. But, you know, credit to Albert Abreu because there's another guy who, when he first came up, right? I remember the fiasco against the Rays where he allowed like 100 runs in one inning. Well, that was Abreu. Like a 14 nothing game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, Abreu came in and. He got two outs and he closed the game, man. Uh, big credit to him. Yanks win seven to five and ten. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, you want to talk? Like I said, you want to talk about just stressful wins. You want to talk about just gut wrenching? Like here we go, heart sinking feelings. I mean, I-, I was so certain the Yankees were losing. Both, uh, like, I'm usually pretty optimistic. I think, as you guys know, Andrew's a bit more pessimistic. But I thought we were losing both those games Saturday and Sunday. Like when Britain walked that second guy, like you couldn't tell me we were winning that game. Like we were, we were losing. Like it was... yeah, especially, especially on the heels of of the awful losses they they've had already this year. The fact that it had just happened on Thursday, and then you go back a little further to the first game against Kansas City, where they had four blown saves in one game. It was just nonstop <laughs> of this all week. Why would you think that they? get yeah. like you know green came in in the ninth thing tonight and got a one two or he did give up a single but like he got three outs didn't allow a run got the save like that is a, a rarity at this point yeah. like, it's, it's not it, something that you expect <laughs> no it even you know it's crazy even during the field of dreams game i was so hyped right when stan hit that home run and i was so excited all that and then when britain walked the nine hitter i kind of it hit me i'm like wait we uh-huh. lose these games I'm like, we don't win these games this year. Like, these are games we lose. And it kind of just, like, hit me. And sure enough, Anderson just ends it. But, yeah, I guess Saturday and Sunday, I guess the baseball gods were looking down on us because we we got the win. But, you know, Sunday, Sunday was all about Nestor Cortez, Andrew. I mean, you want to talk about just watching a guy spin it. You want to talk about just watching a guy who sits high 80s, low 90s just carve up one of the best lineups in baseball. I mean, that was awesome to watch. Like if you're a baseball purist, if you like a, you're a fan of like the art of baseball and the art of pitching, Nestor Cortez Sunday against the White Sox was a sight to see. I he mean, really is so much fun and it's because he doesn't do it in the traditional way. Yeah. I mean, of, look, of a pitcher in 2021, everyone's look, coming out I, throwing hundred miles an hour exactly. and he's just dicing them up in his when, own way. When you're a guy, 
that you know you sit between 88 and 93 you have to do different things you have to be innovative in the way you pitch you can't just you know go out there and have like a generic wind up and you know try to like beat guys and try to blow like and he knows that you know and like you know he'll switch wind up so fast pitch guys so slow pitch guys you know use different arm angles like he's so quirky and he's but he's look man he's got a 2.55 era on the year right his stat line from sunday six innings seven hits one run one walk seven strikeouts uh seven strikeouts i believe tied his career high um and look a lot like i I feel like most of the hits he was giving up were, you know, a lot of base hits. He really wasn't giving up like a lot of hard contact. And that's one of the advantages these slow throwers have, right? A guy, like, look at a guy like Garrett Cole. You know, you make good solid contact with a 99 mile per hour Garrett Cole fastball, there's a good chance it's leaving, right? Because he's already generating so much power. But it, like, I feel like so many of these guys are so used to facing these hard throwers that all of a sudden the Nestor Cortez goes out there who's throwing 88, like it throws you off. Right, who you're like it jumping. Said, it, maybe it was it was Higgy, but it said um, he throws every mile per hour between seventy and ninety. So there's such a an arsenal mm-hmm. of of pitches, but then also he'll throw the same pitch four, yeah. five, six mile per hour different and, in the same at bat, let alone the same a, inning. See, that's another thing. Like he throws those pitches that are so slow, like. A 20-mile-per-hour change in speed is a 20-mile-per-hour change in speed. Like, if you drain a guy's eyes to see that, you know, low 70s curveball and, like, low 80s, high 70s changeup, and then you slip a 91, 92-mile-per-hour fastball in there, that 91-mile-per-hour fastball is almost going to seem like mid-90s, right? Because mm-hmm. you just you just saw a pitch that was 20 miles per hour slower than that. So, yeah, he he really is just so good at mixing it up and so good at being deceptive. And, yeah, man, I mean, like, look. Like I, I was saying in the last pod, the White Sox, they're like basically the best hitting team versus left-handed hitters, right? So anytime you're a lefty going against the White Sox and you could go six innings, one run, like that is quite, quite the feat. And look, man, I mean, Nestor, if he keeps pitching like this, man, he's going to have a real argument to be in this rotation, right? Like there's so many question marks in terms of, you know, who's coming back. Like obviously we'll talk about this at the end of the show, but, you know, Luis Severino, Seems like he had a setback. We really don't know yeah, too much. Just tonight that he has yeah. no update. So talk to the team. He's like, oh, I'm going to let him talk to the team doctor. Very kind of, you know, anytime the Yankees are being secretive and, you know, kind it's, it's of never not saying much. Because, it's because when they know, they'll, we, flat we've out, learned they'll come this. out and say it. Like we, we've learned over the past few years that this type of language usually isn't good. But on the bright side, the Yankees did just return Brantley and Steven Ridings to AAA, which they're both designated as replacement players. So mm-hmm. that means two COVID players are coming back tomorrow. You would think Montgomery has already been announced is going to pitch. And then if they drop Brantley, Gary would be with the other logical replacement. Yeah. So, so those guys will be back in the lineup against the Red Sox tomorrow. That, that's, it's good to feel somewhat normal, right? Hopefully we get geo back somewhat soon. Hopefully Glaber could be back by September and we actually have a full lineup because it really feels like we haven't had a full lineup. The entire yeah. And look, season. God bless Andrew Velasquez, but like he's <laughs> nice so story. out of place playing yeah. shortstop in the major leagues right now. It, it, it's just so like upsetting sometimes, like watching those guys that like it seems like they square it up, they hit it as good as they can, and it still just goes like you know three sixty to right center and like just short of the warning track. Like he had that one where it looked like he squared it up, but there was just like nothing behind it, and it just like died short of the track. Yeah, and some guys aren't power hitters, so it's not even like. That he's not strong enough to hit it out. It's just that's just not the type of player he is. Right, right. Um, but yeah, you know, 
so, like I said, Saturday and Sunday were very similar games. Um, the Yankees, despite being up 5-1, right, they got a nice two-run homer from Voigt as a little bit of insurance in the ninth. Which ended up and, being necessary. Which, which literally ended up being virtually the game-winning home run. Yeah. Um, and uh, another thing about Sunday, the Yankees did a great job against Giolito, who hasn't been great this year. His ERA is like right around four at this point. Uh, he's definitely struggled a bit, but he's still a great pitcher. And man, they made him work, man. Like he only lasted four innings, two runs. I think they made him throw almost a hundred pitches in four innings. Yeah, so he was over over hundred pitches in four yeah. innings. Yeah, they they did a really good job against him. But look, it's never easy with the Yankees. They lose. They used Luizaga in the eighth inning this game, right? They went Cortez six innings, Riding seventh, who was great in the seventh, despite walking two guys. Luizaga in the eighth, Licky. They try to go in the ninth, and I don't blame them. It's a four. Look, it was a four. It was a four-run game, right? You don't. You knew you had a, a game full of or a week full of games this coming week, right? You try to get an inning out of Licky, and it didn't work out, right? You let up two hits. You walked a guy. And this more than anything else right now kind of feels like the team has the yips. It's not that all these guys suck. It's just that you just. It's like oh, you're, it's, you're, you're it's just fostering whoever's whoever's put out there in the ninth inning. It's like oh, oh, it's my turn to fucking give right. my. It's, my and it doesn't matter how good or bad they've been pitching. If they're going in mm-hmm. that spot and the entire team is flailing around in that moment, whoever goes out there is just being lined up like a pig for slaughter. Yeah, but Wandy Peralta did give up a hit, right? But God, what was it? A double? I believe he got a double play on Blanket yeah. right now to end the game. Yeah. And. <sighs> Like, I'm telling you, man, both Saturday and Sunday, I had that sinking feeling of like, here we go again. We're going to lose this game like we're we're going to. And that would have just been I mean, losing either of those games would have been debilitating because that's a series loss. And at this point, you know, winning series, it's such like a mental thing, especially going to Chicago and facing such a tough team. And (laughs) like if you lost that, like, let's say you lose that game Sunday, you're looking at this like man, we could have swept because obviously, you know, it doesn't feel like it, but Thursday was a part of the series too, even though it was in a a different ballpark. Like that's three games where you were up in the ninth inning and, you know, you lost, right? Like at least two of them. So good job by the Yankees to piece together some saves, piece together some wins. Uh, Shout out to the Albert Abreu's and Wandy Peralta's of the world. Uh, You know, if you told me that... (laughs) In the beginning of the season, that Albert Abreu and Wandy Peralta would be getting saves in back-to-back games in a big August series against the White Sox, I probably wouldn't believe you. You know, no, you, pro- you, you would you would assume that we we traded away. Yeah, everyone. I'd be like we were already playing for. The I'd be season. like, is Albert Abreu having like a 1999 Mariano Rivera type season, and is now the closer? Like, what would what's happened here? Uh, but yeah, that's that's where we're at right now, right? COVID and injuries and. Yeah, it's it's been quite quite the adventure with this bullpen. Uh, but Andrew, let's talk about this game tonight. And do we have to? Was, <laughs> I mean, I was about to say there's not much to talk about. Uh, this was a makeup from July first. Uh, Yankees Angels Angels. First of all, how about that? I, f- I forget whether it was Coney or Pauly that said the stat, but like the Angels have been within two games of 500 for the last like 90 days. So they're well, they're just. Trading off like wins that, and losses every like day. Like that is that is wild. Like they literally, and I even looked at their schedule, and it literally was like win, loss, loss, win, win, loss, win, loss. I'm just like, damn, that is like the like that has to drive you crazy. Yeah, it's like 
it's like shit, man. They don't even go on like losing streaks. You know, they don't even like lose five, six in a row. And then you just you just stare. You, you, you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, we are a garbage baseball team. <laughs> you know that you're capable of winning, especially look who's in their division. They play the Astros, Mariners and Athletics, who are all either in position to make the playoffs or just a couple games out. I think the Mariners right. are four or five back of the second wild card right now. Mm-hmm. So those three teams, they play a combined 56, 57 times this year. <laughs> so like, they, yeah. they, there's no breaks in their schedule. Yep. And even the Rangers, like the Rangers for being like the quote unquote worst team in your division, aren't that bad. Like they're not the O's. They're not like the, you know, Rocky. Like they're, they're not terrible, right? They're not good, but yeah, that's, that's definitely a tough division, but yeah. So the game tonight, <laughs> it was literally the entire offense was in the first inning by both teams, right? Justin Upton gets the home run in the first inning off Cole on a three, one count. And then Joey Gallo upper decker, two run shot. That ball and, was tanked. Oh, it was. I mean, th- like Coney said, ball got out in four seconds and it was hit over 400 feet. Like that's that's tough to do, right? Yeah. Uh, he, yeah, he's awesome when he just fucking squares one up like that. So I got to ask you though, what, what were you thinking when when Cole gave up the solo home run in the first inning? Were you like, oh, here we go again with this guy, or were you not uh, too worried? No, nah, because you know why? Look, it was two. It was a three-one count. It was two outs, no one on. He threw him a fast. He challenged him, right? Like sometimes as a pitcher, like people don't understand this. Like sometimes as a pitcher, you you have to challenge guys, and when you challenge them, sometimes you're gonna get beat, and you say, "All right, I got beat." You know, he, he hit a pitch. Like you'd rather challenge a guy like that than just you know two out walk. And you know, a guy like like I know I believe Walsh was hitting cleanup tonight, who's been really struggling. But you know, you just don't want to give up free passes in the first. So I really couldn't be too mad at Cole for giving up that home run. But yeah, man, Cole. Yeah, like it's I just said, tough because he was coming off of off of the COVID IL, so yeah. you didn't know if he was just rusty or he was gonna be in for a long night. But he turned it around fast. Yeah, uh, his final line, right? I, like I said earlier, he didn't get fully stretched. Only threw ninety pitches, five and two thirds, two hits, one run, one walk, nine strikeouts. Um, yeah, like it, it sucks. You think to yourself, like, man, if he, like, he definitely would have gone that seventh inning if he was, you know, if it was like a normal game. And he probably gets at least, you know, double digit strikeouts for probably like the 10th time this year. He's awesome. He looked awesome. Um, and then, look, the bullpen tonight was pretty damn good. Right. Britain comes in in the six, which everyone was freaking out about. Like, <laughs> like we were all like, oh, my God. It's I honestly really just kind of rolled my eyes and just said, oh, well, here's pain right here. Yeah, But you know what? It was a good idea because, like, obviously, with the three batter minimum, you either have to face three batters or end an inning. So Britain comes in, gets the lefty on lefty matchup against the guy Walsh, who really, really struggles against lefties. He gets the strikeout, big, you know, crowd roars, all that. And then that was it. He took him out. He got that one out. And that's probably good for his confidence, right? So credit to Boone and, you know, whoever, Matt Blake and whoever decided they probably, they probably had that circle. Like, okay, this is a good spot to get Zach some confidence. Like, we think he can get this out. And it, it worked out. Then it was Abreu who got five outs tonight. So I, I'm actually looking at the box score. Check out this stat line. Abreu threw 15 pitches tonight. 14 of them were strikes. Guy was just you know, pumping the zone. Just pounding the zone, man. You got to love it. He got five outs for us tonight. That's that's so important. Like when you when you're about to go into a doubleheader against a team that you're you know chasing in the playoffs race, and you could get five outs from a guy like Abreu and a one run game, like that's so important, man. That's so so important to like be able to stretch a guy like that. Um, Rodriguez came in, got the last out in the eighth, 
And then Swag Green, who has been bad green lately, got the save, <laughs> right? Uh, struck out the first two of the inning and then, or no, struck out the first guy of the inning. Then let it did let up the two out hit, which, you know, definitely clenched a bit, definitely got a bit scared, but he closed it out, got his fourth save of the year, and the Yankees win their third in a row. And in, in, I don't want to say improbable fashion because this team's clearly capable of winning these, these close games, but it's, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not easy. You go back to, like what was it the sixth inning and they they were granted free bases loaded on three oh, yeah, walks didn't have to swing the bat and then you just knew who was it Alex who put it in in, in our group chat like fifty percent chance they do nothing here and for me I blindly was like ah eh, you know what I think Stan's gonna hit a bomb here I just <laughs> and of course not even close it's like the the moment you're optimistic it's like yep that's what I fucking and get. that's why yep. I don't that's why yep. I generally don't be optimistic because. Mm-hmm. I'm just setting myself up for. Yeah, I've been hurt so many times. <laughs> but yeah, but it really is crazy though because you think to yourself, like, damn, how many like easy, like fun, like stress-free games have there been this year? Like None. a handful, <laughs> like a few, like a handful. Like out those, of those the, two blowout wins against the Orioles. A couple out of our 66 week. wins, like I feel like five have been easy. Yeah. Like it's it's unbelievable. Like the Yankees this year, 66 games they've played that have been decided by one or two runs right now. They've won 43 of those games, which is a 652 win percentage. That's all best or most in the MLB. So they're really good despite how bad their bullpen's been and how many saves they've blown. They're really, really good in close games, but like, God damn it. 66 of their, like over half their games are decided by two runs or less. And you have to it's wonder, would the bullpen be so bad? If they weren't constantly be put in high, in high level, level. yeah, it's a good point. Get a couple hits here and there, a, a two run or one run game becomes a five run game, and then you could just throw a guy like, like whoever's like back end of the like just think. I feel like whoever. like Chad Green, like we give him shit, but it's like at the same time, like He's been I feel like this year. it's like dude, Chad Green. Every time he pitches, it's like a tie game or one run game. You know what I'm saying? It's like he never comes in when it's like, oh, it's five one, and here's Chad Green, right? Like it's just. It's unbelievable. Like he every time the, and it's really because like look, <laughs> when you just don't score, right? Like the Yankees, like obviously their offense has been better since the acquisitions, but there's still plenty of games where through five, six, seven innings they have two runs or less. So guess what? If you have two runs or less, and you know, the Yankees pitching has been generally pretty good. Like most Yankee games are a two-one, one-nothing, two-two games after five, six innings. Like. When you don't score, you can't blow teams out. It's as simple as that. So, and look, you just mentioned Chad Green. I believe today was his 50th appearance of the season. We're halfway yeah. through August, and he's been in 50 <laughs> games already. Yeah, he's probably going to wind up being in close to 70 games, which is pretty wild. And his arm's going to fall off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, um, let's look ahead to the uh, – let's wrap this up by looking ahead to the Red Sox series, right? We got a big series this week, and then we got a big four-game set against the A's next week, right? Got to got to get these series against teams that we're chasing, right? Um, how you feeling, Andrew? Because look, we're I believe three and nine against the Red Sox this year. We've lost some brutal games. Tomorrow, the doubleheader. We got Luis Heel against Nasty Nate Evaldi, and then we got Gumby for the nightcap against the Red Sox. Haven't announced their starter yet. So, and then oh yeah, we got a. 
we got the legend Andrew Heaney for Wednesday night. So, well, you know, let's probably try to win both games with a doubleheader if we can. Uh, just, just a thought. Uh, I don't, I don't trust Andrew Heaney at all. And look, the game's on ESPN Wednesday. You know, Andrew Heaney's going to stink it up on national TV. You just that's know what he, he does. Is. That's yeah, what he it, does. That's, that's. The, I think the worst part about this is that it's, uh, it's very hard to sweep doubleheaders. Now, maybe it's a little easier when there's seven inning games if you just get out to an early lead. And then you kind of just coast and because there's less innings you need to eat in the middle. Right. But at the same token, had they played this game when it was supposed to be, it was the first game when the Yankees got blasted by COVID. They're losing that game anyway. Right. So Mm -hmm. you really do have to take two out of three in this series. And like you said, why would you believe that Andrew Heaney can give you what you need to win on Wednesday? So the only way to take two out of three is to win both tomorrow. And that's a tall order for sure. I don't really know what to think about this team right now because yes, they're winning. Yes. They've closed the gap on everyone ahead of them in in the playoff chase, but you get three games in a row. They've won and you've wanted to just gouge out your eyeballs before it ended each time. Right. They haven't shown me enough yet that they can just go out and dominate or they can just put away a bad team or that they can just show up on the, on the biggest stage in a big game. Now, yes, I get the White Sox are a good team, but they tried their hardest to give away every one of those games, and they did in one of the three. I need to see them come out in one of the, these games against the Red Sox and put up like a four or five spot early on in the game and just have a stress-free, easy win. Now, yeah, there's going to be a couple tense moments, sixth inning, two on, one out, you get a double play, get out of it, right? But whatever it may be. They haven't had one of those games where you're just like, all right, this is a good fucking team. We're, we're finally starting to turn a corner because they're winning, but they're winning almost in spite of themselves. Yeah, no, it's look, it's you want to be positive about the team like, look, and this team deserves credit. They've they're 28 since July 17. That's the best record in baseball over that time frame. And it just doesn't feel like it. But because yeah, of the way I mean, these games play. They just, they just don't play winning baseball. Like between getting runners over, getting runners in, it's just you know running the bases. They're still still making errors, and you know to be fair, like Odor made the error tonight, and he's not a third baseman. Like you have to expect him to make some mistakes. Like yeah, what the hell is gotta... up with, with with that double steal they pulled in the eighth inning? Yeah, like just I, I was just about to say that, and you're like just things like that where you're like I don't know if that was DJ, I don't know who, like I don't know who the hell thought of that, but it's like what the fuck are we doing? Like I get we we can't hit with runners in court, but like DJ's not fast at all. Like why <laughs> why is DJ trying to steal third like with nobody out? But they just they definitely just do so many things that just don't translate well to October. But you know what? You can't it's you can't worry about that right now. Like they just have to go out there, keep winning because like you don't know what the hell could happen, man. Right. Baseball. Baseball, I feel like, is the most random sport in terms of teams figuring it out and teams getting hot and just teams going on these runs where all year like they look like one team. And then all of a sudden the <laughs> the calendar hits October and they just turn into a completely different team. Right. So you just got to play it out. They just got to keep winning these games however they can. Hopefully, hopefully they get some arms back in the bullpen like Chapman. What I'm hoping, because look, like obviously it's past the trade deadline. Right. And there, there's no one we really can acquire. I'm just hoping that with all these starters coming back, that one or two of them just filters to the bullpen and becomes a good bullpen armor. I don't know if that's going to be Nestor, maybe Luis Hill, maybe uh, I, I don't know, like maybe, Herman, maybe Sevy. Right? I was about to say Herman, Sevy. Like, well, one of these guys. I feel like one or two of these guys needs to transition to the bullpen and become a reliable arm out there for us. Because, I mean, 
the only bullpen arm I trust right now is Loisia. Yep. Like Ch- Chapman is like you, Chapman's either lights out or l- lights on. Like it's just <laughs> it's one or the other. Like it's just no in between. He's either unhittable or hittable. But yeah, Loisia is like literally the only guy that I consistently trust. He, he's been great all year. He obviously he's he hasn't been like completely locked down. He's had some blow up outings, but you know it's to be expected. He's still pretty young. But yeah, it's when you only have one guy you trust out in the bullpen, that's a problem, right? Because even the last few years, like, you know, Britain was really good the last few years. Chad Green was much better the last few years. You had a few guys out there that you trusted. But right now, there's one guy. And you don't want just one guy you trust out in the bullpen in mid-August. That's when you're in a playoff race. That's not ideal. So, Although, to be honest, we may just be numb to that kind of immense pressure and stress and, and breakdowns. Because we've just been dealing with it the whole year, right? You know the intensity gets ratcheted up once the calendar flips to October. You get deep into those those late night playoff games, right? Seventh, eighth inning games tied, or you're clinging to a one run lead. You're hanging on every pitch. Really, we may just be numb to that. I'll be like, oh, this feels like every game. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah, well, we're either gonna blow it or we're gonna win, but whatever. (laughs) Like, think about the devastation with seeing Altuve hit the walk off home run against Chapman two years ago, Mike Brusso hitting the home run last year in game five against Tampa Bay. Those are yep. gut wrenching moments. If that yeah, happens a certain point. this year, it'll be like, yeah, all right, well pack it in. I guess yep. that's, that's what we deserve. <laughs> par. It's like par for the course. Yep. Uh, well, I think that'll just about wrap it up for us. Uh, big series against the Red Sox. Then four games set against the twins this weekend. That's a series they need at least three out of, right? Ideally a sweep because the Twins, like if if you're there's there's got to be a rule for contending teams right now. If you play the Twins or the Cubs or the Nationals, you better beat those teams because those teams literally let us all know, like, hey man, we're we're giving away all we the don't players. Care about like we 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 are bad. Like I think the Cubs were the Cubs have lost like eleven or twelve straight. I'm not sure if they won tonight or last night, but yeah, man, these these teams are. Beyond, they're not just bad; they're beyond bad at this point, right? Uh, like, I, I can tell you, the Cubs were getting bludgeoned last time I checked, so yeah. they're not going to win tonight. Yeah, what was it like, twelve-two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like I said, if you're a team in a playoff race and you see the Cubs or the Twins or the Nationals on your calendar, you should probably win that series, if not sweep it. So, you know, the three-game set against the Red Sox—it's always going to be tough. We struggled against them this year, but. Hey man, we've just <laughs> you gotta win every game you can, right? Uh, hopefully, yep. hopefully Heal is continues to be great because he that's he really has been awesome. But that, that'll just about wrap it up for us, man. For Andrew, for Luigi, this was the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast, and we'll see you guys next time.